responsible travel should just be travel and that's what we have to aspire for tnl audio stories presents travel for tomorrow a podcast series where we unearth secrets into sustainably trotting around the globe and i am japleen for travel and leisure india taking you on this journey today we talk to shivyanath a popular name within the travel industry for always striving to bring about a change an author blogger and a social media influencer she believes in using her reach the right way whether it's learning about coral reef conservation in cuba or understanding emotions of the locals in the hills she spills secrets from her journey that helps her and will help you travel better shivya quit her job some 6 years ago and sold off her belongings to live a life less ordinary having traveled to more countries than i can count this was her first destination and you are going to enjoy every bit of the story i think it's uh, like when i look back now there are two completely different phases of my life so when i quit my job uh, i was living in singapore at the time and i was working there uh, and when i quit that you know i had the notion that in order to do anything in life you need to live in a big city and uh, the only city i was kind of familiar with in india was delhi because i grew up in dehradun Uh, so Delhi is where I moved to, and most of my trips were then, uh, you know, to the mountains. And one of the reasons I wanted to be, you know, like uh, in Delhi as opposed to any other city was so that I could be close to the mountains. But I think, uh, on the other hand, Delhi kind of uh, it really pushed me out of my comfort zone because, you know, I often joke that, you know, when it comes to solo traveling, I think if you can survive in Delhi, like living in Delhi, you can survive anywhere in the world as a solo traveler. After I uh, sold most of my belongings and I let go of the place that I was renting in Delhi. um i i actually don't remember like what's the first place i headed to i think it was karnataka uh and then gradually i found my way to goa and that's where i first discovered like the whole idea of slow travel because uh, i figured that if i'm living out of my bags i can't be moving like every two days or even every week uh, i really need to slow down and stay in a place for a while uh, and really experience it at the same time working on the go uh, and then move on to another place so goa kind of you know help shape that uh, slow travel uh, life that i have now didn't i say it'll be a place we all adore before we walk through the jungles of conscious travel let's hear her share an experience that will leave you motivated and pumped to do what you set your heart at so a lot of times people ask me you know how do you deal with the fear Uh, not just of traveling alone, but also the uncertainty of you know, like living a life where you don't know what's going to happen next, and uh, it's kind of unsteady, uh, both in terms of where you're going next, uh, what you're doing, where your money is coming from, and so on. Um, and I think when it comes to fear, like I feel like uh, I I wouldn't say that I'm the greatest person in the world or anything. Like I, even though I've traveled solo quite a bit, I still get pretty anxious when I'm going to a a region completely unknown to me. but um i think the universe kind of keeps sending signals uh, every now and then to share one uh, one quick anecdote of uh, something that happened like a while ago so um i was actually planning a trip to central asia uh, i was thinking of going to kazakhstan and maybe uzbekistan and tajikistan and uh, this was a few years ago so i was so i had, i applied for my visa i guess like not so much written about the region and especially for a single woman traveler and a vegan traveler you know like a bit apprehensive as to whether like now is a good time to take this trip or should i wait for you know like someone to go with me or should i go right now so you know i was having all these thoughts in my mind um but anyway i had applied for the visa and i i was just waiting for it to come through 
and <laughs> ironically it actually didn't come through but uh, while i was waiting for the visa um, i ha- i kind of you know had a few days to kill so i decided to go to mumbai because uh, that was like my hop over destination like when i uh, when i was reaching mumbai i was looking at airbnb to find a place to stay and uh, i saw this airbnb uh, you know where uh, this woman wrote that she lives by herself and uh, she's uh, renting like a room in her house and she loves to travel and she's been to so many countries and she's explored parts of india and so on uh so i thought you know like why don't i stay with her it's just like a like a few days and um maybe i can draw some inspiration from her because when you speak to other travelers your own uh, you know like your own travel bug kind of resurfaces as well so i booked a place and uh, i landed late at night in mumbai and i showed up at her door uh and when she opened the door um i was really shocked because this woman who's traveled around the world and around india was on a wheelchair and you know like when i met her we pretty much uh, stayed up all night talking uh, and i felt like you know if she can fight her fears despite being on a wheelchair and you know like uh, do all this you know like adventure kind of traveling why can't i but when did her interaction with responsible travel start so i think there wasn't like one particular moment but a, a huge uh, you know like there were several moments that uh, that kind of you know uh, made me think of responsible travel um and you know like just using the word responsible travel sounds so cliche actually when you go deeper into it uh, the whole idea is that you're traveling like in a much more immersive and conscious way and i think that's the kind of traveling that that you can do long term and that really has an impact on you as a person and how you see the world and how you contribute to the world uh, so for me there was um, i think there was so many instances uh, where i felt like I mean responsible travel itself also has so many dimensions that uh, you know like different things happened at different points in time that made me realize that you know I need to change my ways and then I need to talk about it so talking to this woman you know like with one of those beautiful like mountain faces you know with the wrinkles and everything so I was um, uh, she was sitting under a tree and she was waiting for a ride to go somewhere uh, so I just uh, you know like I was talking to her and then I saw her sitting alone so I just you know I tried to have a conversation with her and she was a bit standoffish at first and that's quite rare like usually people in the mountains are you know like unlike city people like they're a lot more relaxed and slow and open to chatting with strangers uh, so you know like after a while like when we got talking finally uh, she said you know uh, like with tourists it's like wo log aate hain aur apna bada sa machine nikalte hain ya camera nikalte hain aur photo leke chale jate hain par baat nahi karte Hmm. and i think that that really struck me because you know like i mean just look at instagram right like a lot of the uh, like like you see a lot of beautiful portrait uh, photo but how many of them actually tell you the story of the person or the region or their life or how they make this connection that's true um, and i think for me that was one of the things where i felt like you know this whole uh, i mean you know photography is a great tool writing is a great tool but if you're not making personal connections with people and if this is something just to you know like put on your social media then um it's kind of a waste of like going to a place and what are you getting out of it what are you learning out of it what a few years ago i was in cuba and uh, i was uh, volunteering at a coral reef restoration project okay so where um, the the coral reef has been quite eroded and they're trying this um, you know like there are all these scientific methods now to sort of replant some of the coral mm-hmm. so um, there's a team of people there who who are doing this on a on a pretty remote island so on that island uh, like it takes a long time to reach there and it's kind of you know really forgotten 
uh, like most people would not know that it exists on the map and um, like these people have a very you know like uh, the kind of life that they probably had fifty um, hundred years ago and you know in the local shop there's very little that's available like you can just buy like very very basic groceries so what happened was we we went snorkeling uh, a bunch of times. And part of the snorkeling was also to collect, you know, any trash from the seabed. Uh, and I was quite shocked to find that even though there's so little available on the island, there's so much trash in the seabed. And it's probably coming from, you know, maybe different parts of the world, uh, just washing away with the ocean. So everything from pads to cigarette butts to um, shampoo bottles to all kinds of things. And for me to see that, you know, like in the ocean, like in person, of course we all hear stories about, you know, what's happening to the oceans and how the beaches are flooded with plastic. To be in such a remote part of the world and such a remote island, it was pretty shocking to see that the seabed is littered with things that the people who live there are not even consuming. We all know how mass tourism destroys the ecosystem. And Shivya shares how she has seen this happen firsthand. People like us who are so closely associated with travel, it's really important to acknowledge like what travel is doing, you know, like to the uh, to the environment, who are part of it, uh, to the animals as well. Um, because if we don't acknowledge that, then I think you know, expecting that from someone who's not as closely associated with tourism is going to be much harder. So I think it's really our responsibility to you know acknowledge and then act on it in whatever way. Because there's uh, before COVID, over tourism was a huge problem. Uh, you know, like uh, we don't, we can talk about Rome and Venice and uh, Amsterdam, but I think even closer home places like Shimla and Manali and uh, Kodai Canal and you know, like hill stations, even the beaches of Goa, uh, like they're so they're so packed with you know tourists who are just you know like kind of trashing the place. There's so much, uh, there's so much garbage. There's um, unchecked construction. A lot of people from, you know, like there's so little going back to the local people and in fact it's really ruined like some of the local traditions and the culture and the heritage and so on. Of course, you know, like flying has a huge carbon footprint. Uh, so that's that's a sore point I think for all travellers, especially for those of us with an Indian passport. Um, you know, I like personally, I've I really developed a, um, like a a liking and a curiosity for long land journeys. Unfortunately, the Indian passport only allows us to go so far. We need so many visas, there are so many documentation checks, and so many countries don't even let like Indian travellers cross over land. So um, that can be a huge challenge with the Indian passport. So there's a lot of commodification, both of people and of animals. Uh, like in a lot of places, you know, especially when we talk about developing countries and even rural India, uh, I mean, people are almost seen as kind of like objects to be photographed. Animals are seen as, you know, again, objects to be uh, put there for our entertainment. Uh, and I think that's absolutely the opposite of what traveling should be. It should, all, it should all be about, you know, like consciously connecting with the people, um, with the humans and the non-human animals who are part of that landscape uh, in a very natural way. But we are going to continue exploring this beautiful planet we call home. The only thing we'll now do is to tread carefully and with wholesome responsibility. The expert herself tells us how we can achieve that. Yeah, I think uh, COVID has really uh, sort of put forth this conflict that, you know, like tourism is bad, but no tourism is also bad. So what is the middle ground? Uh, and I think especially in a, uh, in a COVID world, but also probably post-COVID, uh, I think slow traveling is the key because when you slow down and you spend more time in a place, you'll automatically, of course, you know, live in the way the locals do. 
and that sounds really cliche to say but it's true like you probably choose to stay either in a homestay or uh, you know like in a small local place uh, as opposed to staying in like a big hotel which could be anywhere in the world uh, you would probably you know be more adventurous and try local food um, you would try to use public transport uh, and then you would you know you would have the time to just you know not be running from place to place but really slow down and connect with people uh, so i think everything comes down to slow travel and bringing out the essence of travel and i think that's what you know like that's what makes the place stay with you and its people stay with you as well so it's also important that like uh, when we when we visit a place uh, you know the tendency is that a lot of times travelers or outsiders get together and they sort of make fun of the locals the local way of life or the local food and everyone just kind of gets into that conversation but i think we need to consciously move away from such conversations because you know like if you are if you are just going there to make fun of the people who live there or like their traditions or their way of life then why even go right just stay at home start more conversation around responsible travel now a lot of it is limited to um, two people but i think animals also need to be part of that conversation because you know i think a few maybe like 10 20 30 years from now we'll we'll look back at this time and we'll say or oh, at that point some people thought that it was okay to enslave animals it was okay to put them in cages it was okay to go to a zoo but uh, i think now is the time to take a stand against you know animal cruelty and really support animal rights and we can do that by the choices we make especially on the road so um, i think to be conscious is to really take that into account as well we learn while we are on the road and shivya shares sustainability tips from the places she's been to first of all something as simple as having walking and cycling streets mm-hmm. uh, and i know it sounds really far fetched in india but it's absolutely possible to do it at least in small clusters like for example you know like in parts of old delhi in bandra and mumbai uh you know just giving people a chance to be on foot again or be on a bicycle again to have more green spaces Uh, so I remember in Copenhagen, um, a local was telling us that um, like the um, like they are very proud of the fact that in Copenhagen, which is a fairly big city, uh, the capital of Denmark, um, that nobody is more than an eight-minute walk away from a green space. And I think that brings me back to responsible travel, like the whole idea, which is that it's not just about making better places for travelers, but also about making better places for locals. What does a full-time traveler do when the pandemic hits and the world goes on pause mode? Shivya started a new passion project called Voices of Rural India that essentially brings the stories of the locals on a digital platform, taking a step ahead in local tourism. So, Voices of Rural India, uh, I think the idea really came up because you know for someone like me or someone like you who's a travel writer, Uh, what typically happens is we would go to you know uh, like a rural part of the country and whether you're a writer or a photographer or content creator of any kind or even just a regular traveler uh, you know we would go there with our cameras and our uh, our lens and um, basically bring out stories that we hear along the way about the local culture the heritage uh, the traditions nature whatever uh, so we post the stories on social media and on our blogs and our website but uh, the people who actually live there uh, never own those stories and don't have the chance to tell those stories either uh, so the whole idea of voice of rural india is to create a platform where uh, people from rural communities can tell their stories in their own voices uh, so yes the real motivation is that you know one the realization that uh, like traveling is not going to go back to what it was at least for another year till we have a vaccine uh, and you know that of course impacted everyone 
but especially like rural communities who've been associated with tourism it just means that there's a uh, source of income just went down to zero so um so in a way this is creating this is both uh, creating the the skill to be able to tell their stories but at the same time uh, they are also getting paid a fee for every story that's approved for publishing so it's also creating like a small uh, revenue stream that we hope can be expanded and developed in the future and for the urban reader i think it's uh, it's a way to stay connected with rural india because i think we all we all long for you know like the mountains and the local interactions and so on this is a platform where you can almost have that interaction you know like with the local person without having to be there to end on a note that will leave you and i hopeful there is definitely a ray of positivity in the realms of conscious travel i suggest you hear this bit twice and smile I think this lockdown period actually you know even though it's really badly hurt the tourism industry everywhere and especially in India uh, and also as travelers like uh, it sort of left us with uh, like a yearning just to be out there and travel again and I think we will one day uh, but I think in the interim it's been really encouraging to see that you know like conversations around responsible travel which were pretty niche uh, you know like pre covid and uh, until like a few years ago I think those conversations are slowly becoming mainstream. Uh, so just to give you an example, uh, you know, like India Tourism has done a lot of campaigns, uh, you know, in the past. Uh, and during the lockdown, they they started like a webinar series where every day or every week or something they were having, you know, they were doing these webinars about traveling in India. Would never expect that those uh, webinars would be focused on responsible travel. but they actually tied up with like a lot of local, uh, you know, like responsible tourism practitioners and got them on board for these webinars. which is absolutely amazing to be talking about responsible travel on such a big platform and with such scale but so i think there is a lot of hope and there's um, a lot of encouragement in that sense because uh, that's what needs to happen you know like responsible travel should just be travel and that's what we have to aspire for so if that happens and it's happening slowly i think that's huge encouragement right there that was shivya nath for travel for tomorrow stay tuned for more stories on travel and leisure india